It's great I'm alive. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. Bonjour. All right. It's, uh, it is good to be here this morning. Um, you know, when I first came here, I was a bit cold. Uh, and uh, the worship has uh, been really uh, so wonderful, so I feel warm again. And, uh, and there's, you know, there's two types of Julio. One is a, a cold Julio and it's a warm Julio, so you're probably gonna, going to experience the, the warm Julio. Um, one thing that I know, you know, I, I, I always believe that God used sun and the Caribbean and Haiti to clean our sin. Because uh, over the summer, it can be 110, 120, and we never below uh, 80 degrees. It's always warm in Haiti. So I was wondering how God really cleans sense in, uh, in New London. So I noticed that he uses snow, snow to do that. And when the Bible says that he'll be whiter than snow, so it's literally, I mean, here it's, we, can, we can tell that. And also the outside showed that there was a lot of sin in the city. Because <laughs> there's a lot of snow in the city. And, uh, <laughs> but thanks God for, for snow. It's good to be here. Uh, open door has been nothing else but a blessing to our ministry down in Haiti. Uh, at the end of my uh, speaking, uh, I'll be in the back, Vicky and I, uh, which is the VP of our board. Uh, so we'll be on the table. If you want to have more information about our ministry, how you can join, what God is doing, uh, come down there for a trip. Uh, some of you, it's too cold here. You know, come, come get some warm weather. And also come uh, and be part of what God is doing in, in the country of Haiti. We'd love to have you. So, uh, Pastor Steve, thanks for having me here. Uh, it is good to have a brother. And uh, we both agree that I'm a better looking than him. And uh, we, we code with that. And uh, he's stronger when it comes to the cold weather. Because I can't believe he has no hair and walking like nothing around. <laughs> but I'm trying to beat him when, it, when we are in the warm weather back in, 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 in Haiti. Um, if I never said that publicly, and I want to, you to know that uh, we really love you in Haiti because you are such a blessing uh, for uh, the ministry uh, of Haiti Teen Challenge in our church. This morning I'm going to share a few Bible verses with you, and then I'm going to use part of my, you know, God's moment uh, about voices, and also uh, how we are using the ministry of Haiti Teen Challenge, Holy for Christ Church, uh, to help our young men and women in the country of Haiti uh, to hear a different voice uh, instead of the voice uh, of the enemy or voices of the enemy, because the enemy has uh, many voices. The Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter five, I mean ten, verse five, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Uh, take every thought captive. What a great idea! Uh, but uh, we all know that uh, in order for us to take captive the every thought, there is something that we need. We need the Word of God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be in obedience uh, with God. Uh, we need to trust God's words, and we will. That's the only way it will, be, it will be possible. The central theme of Jesus' preaching is changing your mind. Uh, because he understands uh, there's so much going on in your mind. Uh, my mind, your mind, uh, mind those who are in Haiti, mind those who are here. Uh, so he, understand, I mean, he understands that, and that's why his teaching is all about changing your mind. Uh, the fact that uh, you and I, and uh, I'm sure all of you here, have a desire to hear God's voice. The fact that you want to hear God's voice, it is uh, it, it's urging 
of the Holy Spirit. It's because the Holy Spirit is communicated with you, it's in you, uh, to only have the idea to want to hear His voice. And it's, it's, it's possible. Uh, we believe that from the beginning, God has been uh, uh, speaking. Uh, he spoke in the beginning, and still speaking now. The biggest problem with society, and we, we, we experience that in the Bible, is not that God don't speak. It's that it's us sometimes, or most of the time, we don't want to listen to what he has to say. Um, the, the Bible said that in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, uh, God, after created men and women, and the Bible said God blessed them and said to them. So if it said, it said to them, that means God communicated with them. Uh, the, the lesson was clear. You need to go, you know, be fruitful and increase in numbers. Um, so, therefore, in the beginning, God always communicated. Uh, it's communicated with, uh, with Adams, uh, with, uh, you know, we'd probably say with Eve, because say God blessed them and told them to increase. Um, but what we find out at times, we heard God's words, but because there are so many voices out there, and we have the tendency not to uh, follow uh, his voice. And we know, I know, and you know it, it's, no, it's always a, a disaster. I know Pastor Steve been communicated about uh, some characters in the Bible, so I don't want to mess up with his uh, preaching. So I'm not going to deal with a character, but I'm going to use a few verses and then uh, share some personal story uh, in myself uh, about my life and the ministry of Haiti. Words, when God communicates, use words. Words create our environment. Words, words is a very important thing. Words create our environment. Um, uh, words can call out our destiny. Words create actions. Our world, the universe that we live in, uh, this outdoor that is so cold and back in Haiti that's so warm, it was created uh, by word. Word can be critical to our success and word can also be critical to our failures. Uh, it depends on the words that we use and it depends on the word that we hear and how we react in those words. Uh, we, can, uh, we can use words for our defeat, or we can use word for our victory. You can hear things that will defeat you, but you can also hear things that will uh, create uh, victory. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, the Bible said that, And God said, so God said, so He spoke, spoken word, let, be, let it be light. And there was light. So universe heard God when He, when he spoke, in, and then He created something, beauty, out of uh, chaos. And the Bible said that God, and God saw that the light was good. Because he spoke the light, he said, let it be light. Universe heard, and the outcome of that was beauty. And I believe the same thing for you and for me. When God speaks to us, if we listen, the outcome will be uh, beautiful. God called the light day. So you and I, we, we understand there's day and night. If I ask you what is darkness, what is day, you're going to tell me. If I ask what is night and what is day, you're going to tell me. But those things were created by God. He saw something. He has something inside of him. And then he spoke, uh, spoke in those things and they come to, into existence. And you and I, we are using it. Um, some people love the night and some love the day. We even say that some, are, some people are, you know, morning person, some are night person. What God created those things and he used word to do that. Uh, and those, these three verses, we see two verbal action and how God wants us to use word uh, in those verses. He said, God said, when he said, it's to thank, to mention, to commend. What God said was already inside of him. It's already there. Uh, his words, creative, it's went in, into existence. Then God said, let it be. 
he uses were to creative he brings things into existence things that was not exist and those things they were great uh, God also called God called proclaimed to name appoint his word is creative it identifies and names what he has created and I believe it's the same thing for you God created you and he created you with purpose the day created for purpose and the same thing for you when God speaks he doesn't just speak just to speak but he speaks to create and to describe when God speaks he doesn't just just you know make a noise but he communicated because he wanted to uh, create and describe now we see God use word he said and he calls he says and he calls and I'm, I'm sure you know this is a bible based church I'm sure you know all that um, now, how does God want you and I to use words? Um, and it, I can tell you that in order for you to use words in a proper way, you have to have an ear to listen God's word. Because I strongly believe, with no doubt, any life, any community, any church, any country, uh, any society, any society in general, if we're not listening to God's voice, it's going to be disaster. Um, and and in that case, I don't care where, if a family, if a church, if a business, you're not listening to God's voice, the outcome will be definitely a disaster. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 19, the Lord, after um, informing the ground and, and all the wild animals, all the good animals, and he brought them to mankind, and, and then he said to mankind, you know what, you need to name those things. Uh, uh, we, we need to say what God I mean, does or what God wants men to do. So he said, you need to create the, I mean, name those things. Um, I strongly believe that because uh, God, he brings things our way, but when he brings things our way, he wants us to name those things. The things that he created, he wants us to name, he wants us to be in a relationship with him so we can be in line with them. For example, when Adam's call a donkey a donkey he didn't call a donkey a donkey because this is what he felt like he called a donkey a donkey because God wanted him to call a donkey a donkey because God created the donkey uh, and then he brought it to Adam so Adam have to name donkey donkey so I'm sure if you see a donkey you're not going to call it horse you're going to call it donkey you agree with Adams, but the reason you agree with Adams it looked alright is because Adam was agree with God so in other words God created and he communicated his spirit with Adam's spirit. He said, you know what, this is a donkey. And then it's like Adam was guessing, but there was a voice inside of him to help them with that guess. And he said, well, this is a donkey. And God said, this is right. And then he, he saw a, a, a horse. And he said, this is a horse. And God said, you are right. And he you know, saw a cow. And he said, this is a cow. God said, you are right again. It's like Adam was winning. He was winning because he was in the will of God. Because he was hearing God's voice uh, between his, his spirit was connected with God's spirit. You can win also in life. You can win in life if you choose to listen to God's word, to his voice. If you listen to God's voice, you can win in life. And I think all of you want to uh, win in life. You know, you cannot control everything that comes your way. But you have the power to name it if you understand the voice of God. When the enemy comes, if you understand the voice of God, you're going to say, well, this is the enemy. 
When the God's blessing comes, if you understand the, word, the voice of God, you say, well, this is God's blessing. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, My sheep, my followers, my son, my daughters, uh, my disciples. He said, my disciples, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. When, as a, as a believer, I think uh, God... So, you know, believe in you and I. He said, you know what? You have the ability to hear my voice and you will follow me. You will do what I say. And I believe in our society, if every man, you know, before they choose a woman, they were seeking God's will. Every woman, before they choose a man, they will seek God's I mean, I mean, voice to, before create a business, before, you know, you make a decision. I believe we'll have a better society. And you have that ability, you have that power, you can hear God's word. One of the things that um, we must master, we need to learn how to call things that come our way, the way that God wants us to call things. In Romans chapter 4, uh, the Bible said that uh, God gave a promise to Abraham. Therefore, he said to Abraham, therefore, verse 16, therefore the promise come by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. You guys know, Pastor Steve spoke about it. By the way, if you didn't know that, uh, Pastor Steve, you have a follower in Haiti. I listen to your sermons, and um, and I, I use them into you know I fix them around and put some Creole and then make them up. And so, uh, so you preach in Haiti almost every Sunday because I follow you. Um, and I know you spoke about that, but God told Abraham, you know, I made a promise to you. You're gonna be a father of many nations. God wrote to Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. So, what, I, what Abraham knew about God, he is, I mean, he knows that God can, you know, can give life. He knew that uh, a God can t- call things that is not into existence. So, when God looks at you, he sees what he had made you. Listen, sometimes you look at yourself, you don't know why God made you. But when he look at you, he sees what he had made you for. So in order for you to call for yourself, to call yourself what God has made you, you need to understand and listen to the voice of God. Because Abraham didn't look like a father of many nations, but God has a way to call you the opposite of how you see yourself. And God had done the same thing for me. When you are weak, he called you strong. When you are afraid, he called you mighty warriors. When you can't have children, he said, Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations. When you are a sinner, he said, you are saved. When you are empty, he said, you are full. So when God looks at you, when he looks at you, he sees what he has created you for. So in order for you to understand why he created you, you have to listen to, to his voice. Uh, I have uh, some experience, personal experience myself. I remember when I was 17 years old, and um, I had a you know a God moment on my way from school uh, back in Haiti. Uh, you know, you you walk to school, and uh, in my case, you know, I, I walked two hours to go to school and three hours from school. And I remember one day I was 17 years old on my way from school, and then I remember where I was, um, and I was next to a post office. There was a jail not too far away. And then it's like a voice. I was walking and, and a voice, I mean, spoke into me. said, Julio, 
I mean, you go on to preach. Um, as a matter of fact, the voice has been calling me Pastor Julia. I was, I was shocked, but I was by myself, and um, I didn't do anything about it. And I can see that I was preaching. I was 17 years old. Well, I don't have to tell you. So I followed that step, and I keep telling my friends, you know, my classmates, I'm going to be a preacher someday. I didn't look like a preacher. I didn't act like a preacher. Because my only dream prior to that was I want to have a beautiful, get me a beautiful woman. That was my only dream at 17 years old. Uh, but God said, you've got to be a preacher. And then I have to tell you that, you know, I have been a pastor for 22 years. I had no, my parents were not in ministry. My dad was not a pastor. My grandfather was not a pastor. But God spoke that, and I heard the voice and this is what I am today. I remember, um, uh, again, one of the ways that God, you know, spoken to me, you know, some of you is probably to a song, a Bible verse, uh, probably to the sermon, somebody's story. Uh, and uh, in my case, he spoke, you know, in dreams, and I heard voice, a lot of voices. Uh, and I remember one time in on 1999, um, I was sleeping, and then, so, God spoke to me in the dream. And uh, I saw that, I was driving from work. I, I had a, a, a Honda Prelude at that time. It was red. I was driving from work, and I noticed that I was in the street. It was, I can remember the street was the hilltop street, and I did not stop for the stop sign. And you know we didn't stop for the stop sign. There was a police officer, a car somewhere, and he went after me, and I saw the light was on, and the dream. I was dreaming. And then he stopped me, and he gave me a ticket. I woke up, you know, I didn't pay any attention to that. I went to work. On my way from work, you know, uh, I'm a pastor. I cannot tell you that I didn't stop for the stop sign. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix my, my mouth here. I slow down, but I didn't fully stop. Guess what? There was a light behind me, and he stopped me. And so when he was coming, so I, I turned my radio on, and I put John Egi, Pastor John Egi was preaching. I put it loud. So the police officer will hear the sermon. Maybe that will change his mind. And he says, he said, sir, can you put the window down? And can you slow down your, your, your I mean, can you slow down, I mean, slow down your, your volume? And I did. And guess what? He gave me a ticket. That was my first ticket. And since then, I said, you know what? I'm going to pay attention to when God spoke, speak with me, to me. Uh, one of the examples that I have, I remember... One thing that we do in our churches, we do a lot of fasting and prayer. Uh, you know, when you do ministry to uh, a third world country and people from development countries, so they have a lot of needs, so you pray a lot. And part of what we do, we pray, we fast a lot. Uh, because when we said, you know, give me our daily bread, it's literally for Haiti. So one time we're doing a fasting and prayer at our church. And, uh, and that was it. I was living in Florida at that time. And we normally end our prayer and fasting with Isaiah 58. So when I was praying and seeking the Lord for the new year, you know, I want something better, I'm going to trust you, you know. And then the Lord spoke to me. We had, my wife and I, we had two vehicles at that time. We had the Toyota Sienna. She's probably watching me because she loved to watch me. I don't know why, but she watched my sermons. And uh, true story. We had the Toyota Sienna, a van, and we had a RAV4. And so while we were praying and, and, you know, and, and, and seeking the Lord, and the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord told me to give the Raphor to a single woman in our church. And, you know, I was praying, and I heard that, and 
but I was praying. The praying was more important than that at that time because I wanted my Toyota for, for. And then at the end of the fasting and prayer, so we had to, you know, read Isaiah 58. So what I was reading Isaiah 58, and it reminds me of that I need to give a wife for to that single mom. And, but I have to convince my wife. So after the service, you know, everybody was, fi- I mean, excited, you know, high five, God gonna bless this year, it's gonna be a powerful year, we know gonna hug, and my, you know, my wife and I, we kiss sometimes on, on, in church, so she kissed me on my uh, lips, and then I kiss her back, and then we hug, and I said, guess what? And she said, what? I said, well, the Lord told me to do, you know, to give, while I was, you know, said to give, she said, is it about the car? I said, yeah. He, she said, well, the Lord told me the same thing. I said, did it? Uh, you know, I, I mean, he told me to give it to that certain choice. She said, "Yes, the Lord told me the same thing." Now, I am the I am the husband. I'm the I'm the I'm the pastor. I wanna I wanna beat her a little bit more, show her that I listen to God more than her. <laughs> Can some guy say Amen here? Yeah, I, and just to show her that I listen more than her, so I said, "You know what? The Lord also told me to pay for two years insurance." <laughs> And I and I did just that. Now I did just that. We gave that Toyota four, and I paid the insurance for two years. But it wasn't the Lord who told me. To, I mean, who told me to pay for the insurance? It was just to beat her to show that I was a little bit more spiritual than her. <laughs> another another personal example. I remember uh, one time uh, I was sleeping. It was two in the morning. It was a Sunday morning. I had to wake up, you know, to go preach. And um, we, you know, in, in Haiti we have two services. The first one at 7 a.m. Um, and I had to wake up to go preach. And then at 3 a.m. in a dream, God woke me up. I saw in a dream that I was writing an email to one of our donors. And I wrote that email. And while I was writing that the email and sent it to the donor, and I woke up. It was 3 a.m. in the morning. Guess what? My phone was close by, so I took my phone. And I, you know, written a nice email at 3 a.m. in the morning, and I sent it to her. She woke up, you know, by 6 a.m. She said, may I respond? She said, you know, Julio, last night I went to sleep. Haiti was heavy in my heart. You know, it's like God wanted me to do something, but I don't know what is it. And thank you for, you know, for that email. And within like three days, she said, one of the best donation ever to our ministry. So you, God woke me up at three in the morning, and I, I you know, I obedient to His, you know, whisper to His voice, and I did exactly that, and then the outcome was was great. And I, and I can give you, you know, I mean, dozens of stories, personal one, how God communicated to me, and to uh, bless what we're doing. And one other way He did it in 2004, I was uh, in Haiti. And I was asking God, you know, how to, what you want us to do. We wanted to move to Haiti. And I was doing a lot of leadership training for young uh, leaders, next generation leaders. And God spoke to me at that time. God, because Haiti, as you guys know, is the second poorest country in the, West, I mean, in the world. And it's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And that, you know, of course, as a Haitian citizen, I, I don't like that. And God spoke to me and God told me that you think that Haiti is bad? If we don't do something for the next generation of Haitians, Haiti gonna be the worst place on earth. And I heard that. And four years later, God communicated with a group of uh, 
uh, leaders in, in Minnesota to uh, Minnesota Adult Teen Challenge leaders and for them to invest in the life of young men and young women in Haiti. I, I need to let you know that uh, prior to Haiti Teen Challenge, uh, all young men and young women in the country, which represent 65% of the population, these are the voices they used to hear. That you are nothing, you know, if you're a woman, you are a commodity, you know, because your, your dad is not taking care of you, you can't afford it. What you have to do is to sell your body uh, to earn a living. If you go in, in Haiti at 6 o'clock, you see, you know, a bunch of young women. They're beautiful young women. But they're selling the body because they think that's the only way they can uh, earn a living. Because uh, society, you know, the enemy tells them that, you know, they're nothing, you know, they are worthless. And I, as a result, you know, they, they, their body, you know, their lives have no meanings prior to Haiti Teen Challenge. You find young men who get involved in drugs and, and gangs and, and they think, you know, stealing is the way out. They think, you know, minimizing women is the way out. They think lies the way out because uh, they believe that, you know, hate is a dark market and you got to, you know, you got to try your best to make it and your best means you do anything. Prior to Haiti in China, most young people was, wanted to leave the country because it's a very difficult place to be. But when God communicated that to me and communicated with the board, and we together, we opened the ministry of Haiti Teen Challenge in Haiti, let me tell you that. Their life, their uh, way of seeing life, is, I mean, it's changed. Now they're listening to another voice. They listen to a voice that said, you know what? You know, you are better than that. They listen to the voice that said, you know what? You can change the country. You can change your community. You don't have to be a commodity. You don't have to be a gang leader. You can be a leader. You can be a Christian leader. You can be a wife. You can be a husband. And we started to see our young men and young women. They're getting married. They're having children. You know, they're getting... They're, now they're trying to earn a living in a proper way. They got jobs. They create businesses. And they're going to the street and evangelizing people. We're planting churches. You know, we're doing community I mean, centers. We are changing a country because... A few people chose to hear God's voice for that nation. Haiti is, uh, is in a position that where we believe that, we believe that. And because this is what God told us, uh, based on Isaiah 61 verse 9, Haiti will be a witness to the world for God's glory. And this is a big statement. It's a statement that we have to take it by faith because there are so many voices. You know, government leaders are saying other things. The, the situation, the physical aspect of the country, the way things are, you know, the, 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 the fact that 70% have no jobs, the fact that 80% of schools in the country are private schools, the fact that, you know, almost 90% of young men and young women in the country, they don't have a father figure. So the, 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 the environment looks like nothing good is going to happen. But because those of us who heard that voice, and that the outcome of our ministry is a reminder that it is possible. There's a song that uh, Casting Crowds uh, has this great song called Voice of Truth. I'm just going to read the lyrics for you. And that describes exactly this battle that, you know, this idea of the voices, you know, in, in your mind. This is what it says. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I am in. And some of you, you are on that boat. You know, probably in your marriage or in your finance, in your health, in your spiritual life, 
if you are in this boat that you want to get out and he said and the song said the come out of this boat I am in unto the uh, crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he is holding out his hand because he's always inviting us he's always communicating but the waves are calling out my name you have waves calling out your name you have noise in your mind and he said and they laugh at me reminding me of all the times I've tried before and fell the wave they keep on telling me time and time again boy or girl you'll never win you'll never win the song goes on to describe that other voices there's another voice but the voice of truth tells me a different story there's a voice that wants to tell you a different story and the story is the voice of truth said do not be afraid and the voice of truth says this is for my glory in other words your ability is not really matter to me because I'm going to do it for my glory out of all the voices calling out to me I make a decision I made a decision this year to say I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth I, I have no doubt that you have so many voices communicated to you just like back home you know there can be voice of finance you know financials marriage family children sometimes you try your best but your children they don't want to follow the path the right path it could be a voice in your business a voice of your community and if you you know here there's voices of politics you know, we, we even have, you guys here even have two colors. You have blue and red. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a struggle. And it's the same back home. But we can make a decision to listen to the voice of truth. And we've done that for the Ministry of Haiti Teen Challenge. And we love the outcome. I'm in a position in my life, uh, I, I said that before, and I have to say it publicly. Aside being better looking than Pastor Steve, I need to remind you that because we agree on that. We signed a piece of document on that. Said, you know, Steve, you have some other qualities than me, but when it comes to look to better looking, I, I beat you to that, and he's okay with that. <laughs> Aside from that, but I am so pleased with my life, with where God, what God is doing in my life. I'm living in Haiti. It, it is true; it's the worst, it's poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. But the decision that I made when I listened to God's voice to move back home. And to do the ministry of editing challenge and what it would Christ church. If I had to make the decision again, I would make the same decision. Because I believe the, ble- the most blessed place or the most uh, safe place is when you are in the will of God. So I made a choice to follow the voice of truth. And I hope as you go into this series this year, you also make a choice to follow the voice of truth. May God bless you.